This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We are the Hairy Bikers. I'm Si. No kidding. And I'm Dave. And just before we become the Agony Uncles, we're going to give you a little bit of help in the kitchen. Yes, we're going to tell you all about meat. Uh, that's meat with ER on the end. If you've not heard of meat air, uh, it's a wireless meat thermometer. So you stick it in your roast or whatever else you want to stick it in and use the app to see how it's cooking and doing. It's great because you can see the meat temperature on your phone, exactly the temperature while it's cooking. So you're leaving nothing to chance. And it's not just for the oven. It works on the barbecue, frying pan, even an air fryer. Basically, if you use meter, you have the confidence to cook like a pro. And it actually even measures the temperature while the meat is resting. So, you know, you engage everything absolutely properly. And I like things done properly. Uh, Yes, indeed. Yes. So, meter is great. And as they're sponsoring the Agony Uncles podcast, we've done you a favour because as one of our listeners, you get a a meter for 20% off. It's an exclusive offer to the Agony that are the Uncles listeners. It's easy to get your 20% off. Just go to meter.com, which is spelt M-E-A-T-E-R and use the code HAIRY20. That's H-A-I-R-Y-2-0 to get 20% off anything in the Meter range. Right, all then, let's get on with the Agony Uncles, sponsored by Meter. They're helping you to eat better. Well, they help you to cook better. It's brilliant. Everything is so desperately accurate. And I love it because I'm a pernickety devil. Anyway, bringing us our tales of war today is Jeeves. Hello, everybody. Nice to see everyone. Um, and I, I'm just going to pass straight on, actually, because uh, simply because we've had so much correspondence asking whether uh, uh, Postash has started her Christmas cake. So I think we should find out how that's going. Uncle Si. Yes, yes. And of course, there is no there is no Posh without Tash. So, and to help us navigate our troubles, she's back from a small place in the country that you may know as Shropshire. It's Posh Tash and her Christmas cake. Have you started it yet? Or what? Oh, do you know what? Can I confess to buying ingredients? But I had a dinner party this weekend and I haven't done a dinner party for ages. So I put all my efforts into my starter, main course and dessert and didn't quite go down the Christmas route. But I, I am going to do it. I have, I've got, I'm on the path. The bowl has got out. I've got the bowl ready. I have just bought some of the bits and bobs, but no. I Clock's ticking. So what did you cook? Was it upper class nursery food? Um, I did Hasselback halloumi to start. That's what I did. Boring. Oh god. <laughs> um, I do, do you know? What? I nearly made your marmite sticks to start with, actually, and then I realised that was marmite. Not boring. Exactly. Oh god. And then I did cod on a garlicky spinach with Cajun sweet potatoes and a pan, an espresso panna cotta to dessert for dessert. Oh, nice, actually. Yeah. Well done. All right. Oh, God, look how impressed you are. I'm sorry, they weren't your recipes. <laughs> Were the guests suitably impressed? No. Yeah, well, I, I gave them enough booze. <laughs> Jeez, you boys are tough. Well done, Tough crowd tonight. Oh, we're, t- we're crowd. territorial when it comes to food, Tash. No. By the way, did you get your top from the Pineapple Dance Studio circa 1984? Lash! 
Tash the Flash is a, yeah. uh, is a, it's a it's a yellow top with the word Flash written across the front, and I'm not sure if that's an instruction, but if it is, I'm not going to. It's cold in here. He's all Flash. No, it's not that Flash. It's just today is World Mental Health Day in uh, across Britain, and you're supposed to wear yellow. So I'm wearing yellow for World Mental Health Day. Oh, good, good on you. Good oh, on well you. Well done. Well done. Have you nice got a wardrobe for all those days? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is it like you know? Dave, Dave's on William of Orange Day. I'm yeah. on. <laughs> in morning as normal <laughs> well on that note Simon <laughs> yes I think you better hit that funky jingle I'm jingling hello hairy bikers here is my request I have got a problem that I must get off my chest won't you listen to my story like a hairy jack and ori because I heard your advice is the best in the hairy bikers agony uncles podcast today uncle Si, uncle Dave and posh Tash, you will be untangling these untidy predicaments we have a fear of freezing we have the babysitting nightmare we have I feel like an imposter and we have in confidential corner is nude too rude but we're going to start with the fear of freezing and this comes from uh, four people actually alan beth rory and aiden who all say dear uncle si and uncle dave my wife and i love your recipes and tv shows and now the podcast which my wife introduced me to we live in Bolton with our two hungry teenage sons, and like many people, we're feeling the pinch. Our electric and gas bill, and potentially soon our mortgage, is going through the roof, so we've been cutting back as much as we can. Now, this includes uh, things like going out, and instead we're doing our own thing, like at-home movie nights with treats to eat, like your budget lasagna recipe, which has become a real favourite in the house. It's super tasty, but is easy on the ingredients and cooking time, so lower on energy use. We're also going to start home baking, uh, as we hear you have some replacements for our favourite high street baker's products, I think they mean Greg's, in your new book, which we've pre-ordered. Uh, we love their pasties and slices, but we just can't afford them anymore. Now, we're hoping we can batch cook. So once we've got the oven hot, we can then use it to cook ahead. The thing we don't know is how long we can freeze things like steak bakes for once we've made them. It'd be great to do a fortnightly cooking binge, but only if the food will keep. Also, and I don't want to ask too many questions, but can we bake bread and freeze that too? I know you can with shop-bought slice stuff, but I'm not sure about homemade. Any help you can give would be great. That's from Alan Beth and Rory and Aidan, the two teenage lads, over to you. We're all in this boat together. It's all getting tighter and tighter. But yeah, the freezer thing, yeah, I mean, it depends how many stars your freezer is. But there again, I mean, I won't be too pedantic about it, but things like the, the pastry bakes, if, if you, I would freeze them uncooked. You know, obviously the filling's cooked, then you can just reheat them quickly. You know, because the pastry will be better for that. Because if, if you think about it, your puff pastry comes frozen. So you just roll it out. You've got your, your filling that you've cooked batch. And then just make the steak bakes up. Put them in the freezer like that. And then when you're ready, just bake them fresh every time. But, but, but it won't take that long. Cooked pastry, when it's, once it's been frozen, it's never really the same uh, again. But the batch cooking thing does work, and bread certainly works, doesn't it? Even homemade bread. Yeah, and 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 in terms of you know a fish on average, look, your domestic freezer runs at about eight minus eighteen, doesn't it? So and you can you know as Dave says, depends on what star your freezer is, it can go a little bit cold, colder, or not. So normally, you're pretty safe for three months, and then a, a fish 
tends to deteriorate after about two, but not that much. So you're looking at you're looking at three months at least for at minus eighteen to twenty five, minus twenty five. So you should be absolutely fine. And the little tips like Dave's saying uh, 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 with you know uncooked pastry because you're absolutely right. That's going to be better if you don't cook it and freeze them. But also as well, try and get out of your head that that you need to freeze freeze stuff in portions as opposed to freezing it all together. Yeah. Because then you're just picked with a massive block of something that you're trying to, you know, get an axe through uh, to, to, you know, to put in there. And I, I often like for ragouts and stuff, it's, if it's really quick, I, I, I reheat them. I literally take a portion out of the freezer and I stick it in a with a pan with a lid on, and just on under a really low heat and just let it go. And then um, yeah. there's all there's lo- there's loads of different tips and tips and tricks. Yeah, it's right, that Kingy. Like the batch cooking a ragu sauce or a bolognese sauce, mm. you know, you could, you know, if you slow cook it for hours, it's much better. But mm. you could do maybe twenty portions, yeah, and just easy. portion them up. And sometimes even just do it in a in a freezer bag. Obviously, watch it doesn't yeah. leak everywhere. I mean, you've got to pack it all properly. But then when you fancy your spag ball, just out of the freezer, in the pan, done. It's nothing faster really. But but that initial cook of so many hours. It'll really help. But I think as well is it's packing stuff in the freezer and preparing because if it gets freezer burn, mm. not only does it mess your freezer, it messes the product. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure I have this argument with Lil all the time. I'm sure she thinks the freezer's a time machine. You know, I do. Yeah, I mean, let's fail. All right, no. let's let's go to the nitty gritty. We've done the party political broadcast on the half of the star ratings on your freezer, but who hasn't gone? Oh, I forgot to add that. Yeah. When did I have that? Oh, Christmas before last. Oh, it'll be all yeah, right. It'll be all right, yeah. I'm still here. Do you know what I mean? And it um, normally is, isn't it? Do you yeah. know what I mean? It normally is. It's the, it's. It, I, I have to say, though, what, I, what what is a top tip, and it really is quite important, what I do, what I, I really do do this, is I'll write the date on me, on me. you know, in the days That's where you book. could afford a takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> I buy a load of those takeaway boxes, yeah. and I just and I just put them in, and I always write on this stuff with a with a um, sharpie or you know permanent marker the date that I've made it, the date and, and the date that it's frozen. So, yeah. and then and then I've always got it as reference. And the other days, they were saying I found this piece, <laughs> this piece of halibut, right? It was a halibut parve, and I thought, well, I thought, well, it must have been flushed then, or either Dave was coming around, <laughs> one of the two, and um. And I saw this album before me. It was from 19, uh, 2019. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I think I may give that to some cat. I'm not going to. I was oh. really pissed off that I'd found it. I was like, no. <laughs> this, I've got a top tip from Francois Gandolfi, our producer and director. And um, in France, where he lives, there's quite often power cuts, which again is something that's threatened. So, okay, you've got your freezer full of stuff. If you're one of those people who goes away from home uh, for any extended period of time, how do you know if there's been a power cut? What he does is, I think he takes like an ice cube tray and he puts something on top of the ice cube, maybe a pea or, or something a little bit heavier, because it's not for eating. Then if you check that, if it's sunk in the bottom of the ice cube, it oh. proves that it's thawed out and refroze. Brilliant. So it means you can tell there's been a power cut. Oh. And that's why he does. So he knows when to think carefully with his food then. Because yeah. if he goes away, you know, if you go away. Do you remember that time in Scotland, Kingy? I used to go out trout fishing all the time. And I... Oh, God, yes. I had this freezer that was like a trout graveyard. I got so fed up of eating <laughs> trout. But if you're a fly fisherman, 
you, you know, you give these fish away and expect a smile, and very often it's like, oh God, not again. But there again, <laughs> I had this. This was like a trout library. I went away filming in Luxembourg for like six weeks. There'd been that said power cut, or in fact, the freezer hadn't refrozen itself. Ooh. Oh my gee! I went back. I could, I, I could smell it, uh, and it was like I, I lived upstairs as well, like the Scottish almost tenement flats. You know, the stone stairs going up, and the free. It was just full of like maybe 40 dead trout. Oh, no. And it all started to go off. So anyway, I couldn't face open the freezer. So I put ratchet straps around the freezer, slid it out of the kitchen and bounced the freezer down the stairs unopened. <laughs> then I could take it to the dump. My trout graveyard. That's brilliant. Oh. Oh. You'd be good with a dead body, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit like that. Yeah. yeah. Love it. In the, in the dead of night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, you could smell it. My oh, God, smell. it was bad. Oh, did that go in a car then? Hey? What do you do? You got it down the steps. Then what do you do with it then? Put it in a car and take it off? I got it into the back of my Vauxhall Frontera, which was my <laughs> car of choice at the time. Lovely. Which, which I got much hilarious out of Mr. King for buying it because it was white. <laughs> a white Vauxhall Frontera, eh? What's wrong with the white car? Ask him. He took the mickey out of me. What's well, wrong with the white car, well, What's wrong? Well, I mean, it was a Frontera. You know, like a, <laughs> and I mean, okay. like, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's a makeup artist, but it was either all the Vauxhall Fronteras and the particularly white ones were either owned by kebab shop owners or hairdressers. <laughs> so I was like, dude, what are you doing, man? You know, there's the bloke along the street that has the local kebab shop. He goes, he hasn't, he hasn't. I goes, he bloody has. And we walked along the centre. I went, what's that? He goes, that's my car. And I said, he's the dude that owns the kebab shop. So there was all I like kebabs. <laughs> I like the car as well. I wouldn't care. It was a great car. It was till it got robbed outside your house. Aye, it was. Aye, that wasn't great. Oh, I oh, got man. absolutely ransacked. Yeah, so I tried to steal the car. But it had an interesting feature, the Frontera. When the steering lock was on, if you tried to break the steering lock, the steering wheel came off. Oh. <laughs> so, so I actually ended up with like, so they couldn't steal the car because effectively it was just a stump. Um, <laughs> hey, I had some good times in that car. Hey, we had some japes. Hey, we had some. Anyway, we digress. Yes, yes indeed. Anyway, Much cooking and freezing is the time for economic stress and can yes. help a lot. So there you go. Alan, Beth, Roy and Aidan, uh, batch freezing, a very fine thing. And uh, this podcast actually is um, the, the date that this is being released is the day after the book is out. So if you want to get hold of the book, I, I think we can buy it now. Is that right? Yeah, official launch. Yeah. I just suddenly realised, though, it looks like our picture on the front. It's Brilliant Bakes, as written by William Shakespeare and Kenny Rogers. <laughs> It's true, isn't it? Yeah. What happens to our heads, dude? You know, honestly, I'm sure the publishers do something to our heads. Ah, look, I do. It's ridiculous. No, it's a lovely photo. They're really good photos shooting that book. It's beautiful. The photos of the food and you guys are gorgeous in that book. It really, they really are. But look. that is a very good comment, though, Dave. I love that comment. Food makes, makes everything better. Right, your next problem is called The Babysitting Nightmare. And this comes from, well, this lady is very kind uh, because she realises that Tash doesn't like to choose names, so has changed all of all of the names herself in the oh, whole thank thing. Thank you. I do Isn't appreciate that, that. So Annie is what she calls herself, who says, Dear wonderful Agony Uncles team, if you can resolve this one, I think you can hang up your hats and call it a day. I'm trying to keep it short and sweet. 
The issue surrounds the following people. Myself, Annie, my husband, Bob, 15 years together, two kids. His brother, Charlie, and his wife, Diane, eight years together, one child. The problem, in a nutshell, is that my brother-in-law's wife, Diane, is making life completely miserable. No one in the family is particularly fond of her, as her behaviour towards everyone is rude, obnoxious, ungrateful and insensitive. There have been a catalogue of incidents over the years, but things are now getting to the point where we can't even be in the same room as them. I'm desperate to call her out on her bad behaviour, but no one else wants to say anything in order to keep the peace. Basically, they had a baby, and essentially now she's decided that the only reason she'll make any contact with any of us is if she needs a babysitter, which is every weekend or twice a week, every week, usually overnight. She manipulates and bullies us all into doing it. Initially, we thought this might be postnatal depression, but four years on, and it's just getting worse. She never says thank you or makes any effort with any of the family at all, never replies to messages, never gives times when she will pick her child up. And my brother-in-law seems to have developed a sort of if-you-can't-beat-her-join-her attitude and is also now behaving like the family are glorified babysitters. My husband and I think Diane is a narcissist obsessed with status, money, and every conversation comes back to her. She has no empathy and seems completely oblivious to the disruption and unhappiness she's causing. So how do we resolve this? According to the rest of my family, they won't change because they don't want to risk upsetting the apple cart or losing contact with the child. <clears throat> Is there any point in telling them what they're doing? They're really taking advantage and it's destroying the family relationship. That comes from Annie. Your advice, over to you. Well, you don't have a family relationship, Annie. Because it's all one-sided, isn't it? A relationship is basically built on two... That's a great thing about them, isn't it? It's built on two... Two equals. You, you know, you both have to... You want to have the relationship to do it. Because otherwise it isn't. Yeah. So you can park that one because you haven't got a relationship. The second thing is that if that behaviour is so bad, you don't even need to call it out. You just need to start to say, no. Yeah, so I think. And that's yeah. really hard because it's family. But you do, you have to start to say, no, I'm not doing it. Because if you keep doing it and keep, keep creating the same patterns over and over and over again, you don't have to be nasty about it. You don't have to be aggressive about it. You just have to say, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, because if you carry on, it just becomes the norm, doesn't it? Exactly. Mm. It's, back that, a, yeah. it's back to that old chestnut communication, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, when somebody's doing that, just be very polite and say, it's really not acceptable. You know what I mean? You're taking advantage of us. And, um, you know, we know it. You know it. So what we're going to do about it? And trying to throw it back to back to Diane, is it, I think? Yeah. Who's the one that's taking the mickey? Yeah, I feel that, yeah, you're exactly both right. Totally right. I think you just start to say, I can't do it. Because for some reason, these people are like bullies. And they think they... You, you end up tiptoeing around them to try and keep them happy, when actually they're making everybody else unhappy. So actually it's just saying, I, I, I can imagine this scenario is you desperately want to keep friends uh, because of the child. You don't want that child to see you all in this sort of situation and that child is a part of their family and has done nothing wrong. But it's our saying, well, can I have it on my terms, please? I would love to look after your child on a Saturday from between three and six, and because I'd love to see your child but not because I want to help you out, you know, so you can have that relationship. But I just think it's such a shame these people force everyone else to keep the peace when actually they're destroying it all around them. So. I wonder if Diane's partner has any part of this as well. So obviously he's mutually responsible. Maybe a quiet word in, in his ear would, wouldn't go amiss. 
you know, yeah. just go, you know, we think Diane's taking the mickey a bit. I don't know. It's I, 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 I honestly, I honestly think that if it's that bad and, and it's after four years, because mm. it, if you put in it, we've all had people in our family somewhere that we found really difficult uh, for one reason or the other. And it just, what happens is that those people then, because if you do say something and my mom was always quite, as Dave well knows, was quite forthright. She was pretty straight. <laughs> but all that tended to do was create little pockets of drama throughout the year. That, that you, and you just, and then you ended up kind of containing it and going, look, it's Christmas. Can we all just kind of, you, you know, it was a, so, so, but, but then you kind of just, what did work was, just saying no, just going, oh, no, no, I can't, sorry. And then they'd create some drama because you said you said no, but that was their drama. It didn't come from you. All you've yeah. done is gone, no, I can't do it, or I'm not doing it. So it's there's a different, psych, psychologically, there's a different shift to it. Because if you go, well, I think if you have a word with this one and have a word with that one, they're not going to change the behaviour unless you do. Mm. Because if you can close them down, and the and and it sounds pretty narcissistic, this Diane woman is it Diane? Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, I I just I, I'd be I'd just start to say no, I, I can't do it because they're just facilitating their attitudes and lifestyles by saying yes and being available. Yeah, it's funny that I think that what is everybody worried about losing? This woman, as you said earlier, yeah, Sai, isn't so, in a relationship. Yeah. She's not being very nice. So by actually saying no, what do they really lose out on? Potentially a relationship with that child that they're looking after, which I think is the innocent party. But yeah, other maybe, than that, they, maybe they've got such a good relationship by now. It's gone on for so long with the child. Maybe yeah. that's one of the weapons. You know, maybe you know, maybe underneath all this, they don't want to lose the babysitting. They just need a little bit of respect and a bit of courtesy. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, and if it is that case, then I think maybe you need to point out to Diane that we we've got a relationship with your child. We love your child, but we want a bit of respect mm. um, and not to be taken so much for granted. I think so. Also, we all, you know, I, I feel guilty if my, I have to ask somebody to have my kids, you know, forever apologise and I'm sorry, do you mind? And here's a bunch of flowers and my gosh, because those children are your responsibility too. And it sounds like Diane's been going out overnight and doing other things and just sort of abusing it. Whereas actually, maybe she could take some responsibility and look after her kid a bit more regularly herself, rather than thinking, oh, I'll do it on the basic school nights and then I'll go and have a laugh. But 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 those are massive changes because she's not she she's not shown any signs of any of that of actually taking responsibility for anything because she's just palming them off which yeah. is it's it and and it's not like it's just happened over six months it's happened over four years mm. so she's in a she's in a groove so you just gotta you just gotta stop you just gotta say no it's like as Dave was saying before it's back to that like fundamental basic communication of mm. you only ever have two choices don't you it's either yes or no you do or you don't yeah and I think I think you say it once and mean it yeah so it's like somebody said to me once if you know you've done something wrong wrong apologize apologize sincerely but just say it once because if you keep going on and on and on and on mm. it, it waters it down because once you've apologized sincerely you've passed it over then mm. and, and it's out of your hands because you, you you've meant it and you know say it once and mean it um yeah stand by and it th then then the so the the, the it's on to the other person to make it better you know and to actually make things right
Excellent. So I think the advice there for Annie, thank you for changing all the names, Annie, is, uh, yeah, you just need to start saying no. It'll feel uncomfortable to start with, but it's the only way we're going to change the pattern. Or start charging her. <laughs> or start charging her. Yeah, send her a bill. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you've got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. Our next problem is called I Feel Like an Imposter. For this, we need a male name. You're not off the hook, Tash. One male name, please. Um, Robert. Oh, Robert. I'm there today. I'm on it Yeah. Now. She's on fire. Flash Ask is on fire. another one. <laughs> OK. I have a problem I think you can help out with. I've recently just left my horrible retail job of four years after dealing with an awful bully of a manager who would prey on your mental health and always said to me things like, you'll be one of the few that never leaves here. Yes. So as you can imagine, I'm absolutely ecstatic to have left. I got myself a lovely office job. It pays twice what I was on previously and I get to work from home three days a week as well as when I'm in the office, I'm actually enjoying what I'm doing. My problem is this. Because of the obvious jump in jobs and bunk in pay, I'm, always, I'm starting to suffer from imposter syndrome, which means any days we're in the office, I'm paranoid that I'm somehow doing the job wrong or someone's going to come and tap me on the shoulder and sack me on the spot and I'll be right back where I was. I do feel like I'm getting better at my job and I've had my lovely new manager compliment my work and my statistics for the week, telling me to keep it up and I'm doing really well. But still, I can't shake this imposter feeling. At home, I'm absolutely fine. So any advice on how I can shake this feeling off or should I start looking for work elsewhere? Oh. Cheers, lads. Keep up the amazing work and shows. It's encouraged people like me who used to despise cooking to get a few of your books and get stuck in and enjoy it. That's from Robert in Liverpool. Over to you. Robert, 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 give yourself a good talking to because you're doing all right, mate. Do you know what I mean? You've, you've, you've got yourself out of a terrible situation. You are there now. I mean, sometimes, you know, I've, I've, I mean, after all these 20 years doing the hairy bikers, I'm sure me and King, you think one day we're going to get found out. <laughs> we managed it so far. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. And Dave's absolutely bang on because the thing is that we all have imposter syndrome, we all do. of us. And like doing what Dave and I do, uh, and and also you know when I when I when I'm with the band and I'm playing I'm playing congas and and playing percussion, I've got imposter syndrome because I think I'm really not good enough to be here, but I seem to be doing it. Yeah, and every single musician has the same. Every single artist has the same. Every single chef, anybody in the it's just. Yeah, it's it's completely natural, isn't it, mate? It's just oh yeah, like... I, I remember. I remember at the the Harrogate Good Food Show, the spring one once. It was a Saturday billing, and it was equal billing between us and Michel Roux Junior. Now, Michel Roux Junior is a, a god in the cooking world. He's also an extraordinarily nice, humble man. We're on the same bill as him, and we're cooking, and he's cooking. Uh, but but instead of feeling imposter syndrome, we just thought this is. so so funny this is brilliant yeah. you know so it's like you robert just embrace it you know don't create problems when they're not there 
Um, I think it's all... like sink or swim as well. You know, you give, give an opportunity, an amazing opportunity that he fully deserves. And sometimes if you have those situations where you think you're slightly out of depth or you're, you know, maybe I shouldn't be here and how, how lucky am I to be here, then you, you've got to rise to it and just go, just keep swimming because otherwise you're going to go down. And, and actually you rise to it and you become better for it. It's brilliant. But also as well, yeah, yeah ex exactly right, Tash. But but it, it's also a case, isn't it, that, that like, I think Robert's been really hard on himself as well. Yeah. Because, like, look, dude, you may not have all the answers, but I don't know how long have you been there? Six months, two two months, whatever. But there is there will be a natural enthusiasm that comes across from what you're doing because you like it. Yeah. And which is why your boss has come up to us or your supervisor and gone, oh, hey, listen, your targets yeah. are great. You know, keep cracking on, you know. That's 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 great. Don't yeah. Get a the get more. a grip of yourself. Give you go go into the bathroom. Give yourself a good slap around the mush. Yeah. And, and as Dave says, get a grip of yourself, lad. Yeah, because I mean, I think so many people look for problems that they haven't got, got. And, and and they waste a lot of time and energy. I mean, one thing this year has taught me is I'm never ever going to whinge again about stuff like that. It's bollocks. Yeah. You know, mm. just be grateful. And and when things are going the right way, it's. I believe firmly that that's the way things are meant to be. It's it's the other way that's wrong. So when things are going like this, it's all going fine. Embrace it, enjoy it, and just, you know, like we do, Kingy, sometimes we're in the most amazing places in the world. Where do, whatever your God is, you look up and go, cheers, mate, it's brilliant. <laughs> it, do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter, it's just that thing of checking in. And sometimes checking in a positive way rather than negative way. There's enough negativity going on. Mm. It's just like, that's just a bit of all right, this. Do you, do you know what I mean? And, and it's, um, a, it's a simple it's a simple act of saying thank you. Yeah. You know, it's like, thanks for the opportunity. <clears throat> I'm going to do the best I can do. I can, I, I'll, I'll be the best I can be with it. I might I not also, get it right all the time, but I'll be the best I can be. Yeah, and he just said <clears throat> he's happy. And if you're happy, you're good at something. And don't question being happy because that you're allowed to be happy just because other people aren't or because you might not have been before. It's, he's, it sounds like he's got the perfect moment. He's got himself out of a bad situation to a great situation. Don't look for any more issues. Just ride the wave. Because there are going to be other bad days in life. That's what happens. That's what makes the good ones good. But ride it. I mean, he just sounds like he's in this perfect position now. Um, yeah, look at, and li I'm like you, Dave. Life's too short. I'm yeah, like, that's how I spend money, though. <laughs> I spend money going, oh, I could be dead tomorrow. I could run over the bus tomorrow. <laughs> it's, <laughs> oh, I it's, keep it's, on going. It sounds as though Robert's had a little bit of a scarring experience in the last job. But, you know, that's in the past. And um, let's let stick there, you know, and put, put a mental two fingers up at it and, and move on and enjoy what you've got. Oh, just do a quick straw poll then. So we're going to go around the table here and see who has ever suffered from imposter syndrome. Uh, Uncle Dave. Oh, God, yes. But, but I, I, I feel quite naughty with it, though. Oh, go on, tell me. Well, no, it's like on, on Strictly, you know, uh, I, I wasn't the greatest, but... I absolutely blooming loved it. Saturday night, I'm hoofing it in front of 11 million people. I got voted back in. What's that imposter syndrome? I'm not a dancer. <laughs> but there's something about the circumstances. Yeah, I was so nervous. But I, I, you know, when I was in the pub at that night, you know, having several pints with me, Karen and, and Lil, my wife, that's imposter syndrome, but I was getting away with it, you know. And um, <laughs> no, I truly embraced it. Well done. Uncle Ty? Absolutely. Definitely felt imposter syndrome. Still do every time I get onto a stage. Still, just still do. Whether it's with Dave or the band, you just do. And Fostash? 
Absolutely. Shouldn't say it as management, but every day you think, is anyone going to rumble me yet? I'm clueless. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mark? Do you? Oh, God, yeah. That's the thing about working in radio is that you're just waiting and exactly as, uh, as, as was described there. You're just waiting for somebody to tap you on the shoulder and go, we've just worked out your shit. <laughs> Go home yeah. <laughs> every day. <laughs> but you get to a point where you go, oh, I've got away with it this far. I'll carry on now. Yeah, but do you exactly. know, I think on the note of mental, World Mental Health Day, then that's when all of us should turn around to ourselves and go, actually, maybe we just did something right and we deserve to be here. And, you know, exactly. maybe we are just OK. And I think that's it. I think and that's it's OK exactly right. just being OK. Well, if you're down, hey, if you're down, now don't get drunk, don't get drunk, just send an email, just send an email to the agony uncles. It's time to head to Confidential Corner, and today's Confidential Corner is called "Is Nude Too Rude?" We need two ladies' names. One of them, if you can make it a elderly lady's name, that'll be great. So, Uncle Dave, elderly lady, Uncle Si, not so elderly lady name, please. Uh, let's have Ethel. Ethel. Francesca. Ethel and Francesco. This comes from Ethel, who says, Hello, Agony Uncles. I know this might sound silly. I'm 72. I really should be able to answer my own problems by now. But for this one, I think I need a pair or two of understanding ears. You see, I live in a lovely village, and all of us oldies like to get together and do all sorts of things together. And once a year, we like to do something special for our favourite charity, which is the Cats Protection League. This year, one of the ladies suggested we do one of these nudie calendars, like in that film with Julie Walters. <laughs> well, we all thought this was a marvellous idea. But when I told my son and daughter-in-law about it, well, they've taken complete umbrage. My daughter-in-law, especially Francesca, wrote me a rather stinging email about it. I just want to note it'll be a tasteful calendar, but actually I'm proud of my body, and we're all different shapes and sizes anyway. It just feels like a once-in-a-lifetime event. But I don't, I don't want to upset or embarrass people, and now I'm in two minds. And then I thought of you two. You all know what to do. You always make me smile. Ethel, over to you. Ethel, get your tits out. Out. <laughs> Absolutely. On the money, dude, on the money. Ooh, Definitely. Just... Get them out. Be careful where you put your pussy, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, I mean, the thing is, you, you could get your tabby, couldn't you? And you could just stick it in front of your hairy Mary from Donaldson's Dairy. You could. <laughs> so then that'd be all right. And what I'd do is I'd send Francesca a photocopy of your bare breasts. Gemma, we did a nude photo shoot for Meals on Wheels. We were on a T-shirt, weren't we? And we were standing there bollock naked on a hillside in Yorkshire with, with, with we could each pick a vegetable to hide our private parts. And um, it was quite liberating really, but what was so funny was like people with, while we were doing the photo shoot, there was people with the dogs walking by going, oh, and we God. were going, hello! And, like, <laughs> oh, and then they would be waving with my right hand, but with my vegetable that was supposed to be hand and my butt going, hand. <laughs> Can we discuss what vegetables did we use? How big yeah. did the vegetables need yeah. to be? I can't remember. Then? Oh, oh, it's terrible. I can't remember. You'll have to lie a... then. Ah, mine was a Savoy cabbage. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Sorry, I, can't remember. I don't know. I, can't, I am trying to remember. I think I might have been a bag of frozen peas. <laughs> <laughs> like only the, you know, the small bags that you get five oh, in. We, but we've been. We. Well, I think it was. It was when we saw ourselves in Finland 
running down that jetty. I mean, I'd, I'd been in the sauna completely naked with these two Finnish gentlemen for a while. You couldn't have a sauna at the time because of your head. Yeah. Uh, you know, not that there's anything wrong with his head, but there was some. But anyway, you were advised <laughs> medically not to have saunas. Yes. So I was doing this thing with these two gentlemen. So I'd been there whipping myself with birch twigs for three hours. And <laughs> I say absolutely in the nip. But then the final shot was a pair of us walking down the jetty, jumping into a lake. And I did see that on the telly and I thought the time has come to hide. But the thing <laughs> is, you see, Ethel's going to be tastefully managed in these photographs. We didn't. We had a cameraman who wanted two fat lads jumping into a lake in Finland, <laughs> which <laughs> certainly did. Uh, no, it's funny. It's something about the, what was it one of your, uh, was it James or Alex said to you? They made you promise, Dad, please don't ever go on the telly naked again. This is when they were adolescents. Yeah. Same, oh. same with Isa. You know, yeah. it's like... God, your father's on the telly in the nude. All right. Well, we need to give Ethel some uh, uh, words of advice here. I think we know where we're going, but let's go around the table and start with Uncle Si. Uh, should our Ethel go for her nudie calendar? Yes, but not without telling Francesca to do one. Si. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Dave. Ethel, just do it and don't even consider Francesca because there's a time in a person's life when you should be liberated and do what you will and then the people should show you respect and fit in with you. Especially, you're not, you're not going to be... It's not going to be like in Reader's Wives. It's going to be tasteful. You know, yeah. change your carpet. <laughs> and, uh, Persian rug. <laughs> That's not a euphemism either. <laughs> <laughs> and the lady who will never be naked, Postash. Uh, yeah, I think I'm proud of her. Embrace it. Show your tits. Go for it. If your life's in a mess, then the email address is the agony uncles at thehairybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to us on the Agony Uncles podcast, which was sponsored today by Meter. Now, for those of you who don't know, Meter is a wireless meat thermometer that could change your cooking world, as well as basically, you stick this in your meat or on the barbecue, or in your air fryer, then you monitor the cooking on your app. It'll tell you exactly the internal temperature of the cooking, the external temperature, and tell you when to take the meat off the barbecue or the oven. Yes, meat gives you the confidence to cook like a pro, and me and Dave use them all the time, which is why they're sponsoring the Agony Uncles podcast. And to celebrate this, we've done you a favour because as one of our listeners, you get a metre for 20% off. That's not 10%, you know, and it's not even 15 It's actually a full 20% off, which is why I've just said it. It's a lot, isn't it? It's easy yeah. to get your 20% off. Just go to meter.com, which is spelt M-E-A-T-E-R, and use the code HAIRY20 to get 20% off anything in the meter range. So go on, have a look at the shop online and use Hairy20 to get all that money off. Yeah, and there'll be a new episode of The Agony Uncles every Friday, so remember to follow us, please. Please follow us. Or subscribe or hit any button that looks like you'll never leave us. Uh, and, to, and make sure you, that you don't miss a single episode of this lovely podcast. So, from Posh Tash... Bye. The thin white duke. Goodbye. And most certainly from us. Goodbye. Bye.
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.